Yeah. Welcome to Tip Talks Podcast. My name is Tiffany Marie Davis, formerly known as Tiffany Marie Boydston. A lot of you may know me or have seen me from my competing days as a top IFBB bikini pro. I have since then turned from a top 10 bikini Olympian, celebrity master trainer, and corporate dropout to a serial lifestyle entrepreneur. Let me tell you, friends, this has not been a walk in the park. There's five key areas I will be discussing in wellness, mindset, mentorship, business, and faith. My mission has always been in serving others through real life experiences with no fluff. Tiff Talks is about real, raw, juicy conversations to show you how to discover the champion you have within. Get ready, everyone. Here is where I show you how to take over your life. Yeah. Welcome to Tip Talks Podcast. This is your host, Tiffany Marie Davis. I have my amazing co-host, my life harmonizer, Miss Ferris C on with us today. And my amazing special guest is this is now our third episode, Mr. Michael O'Shea. He dropped so much knowledge in episodes seven and eight that we just had to bring him back because there is so much more inside this man's soul, head, and what he's here to do on this earth. So I'm so excited. If you guys want to hear a little bit about his bio, his background, go to episode seven and then go into episode eight because it is just fire all the way around. Michael, welcome back to Tiff Talks. I'm so excited to have you, brother. Yeah, me too. It was super awesome and exciting that you invited me back. I was like super energized and ready. As soon as you said, I was like, whatever topic, let's go. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So you guys are in for a treat today. This has been on my heart for years. And the reason that I brought Michael in is because we're going to talk about vulnerability and my, the topic of this episode is going to be cry like you mean it. And, mm. I mean it. <laughs> and we're going to go completely rogue. I want to just have, you know, a conversation on this because it is something that is very hard for some people to tap into, which is vulnerability and really allowing yourself to purge. And what I mean by purge is we have to let it out somewhere or we're going to let it out on someone. Mm-hmm. And this is where I truly believe that if we get into our divine purpose as humans to be able to tap into that vulnerable side and be able to purge whatever we need to, I mean, my back end story you guys heard in episode one, um, is I am a self soother. I didn't have a strong parental base. And for me at the age of four, I mean, if you guys heard my last episode with Tracy O'Malley, she talked about this four-year-old little girl and I broke down. (laughs) I broke down and I just, I, it was, I was ugly crying and it was okay because I needed to let it out. And when she started saying, hug that four-year-old girl who may have been, you know, afraid or any of that, I, I, I broke down because I remember back then, uh, that, I didn't have anybody to really run to. My mom was there. However, there was a lot of nights where I was alone and there was a lot of nights where I had to go and make my own food. Or if I was scared, I had to go to my bed and crawl in my bed with my blankets. And I remember shutting my closets because there was like a doll in there that looked like it wasn't going to come to life because Chucky had just come out around that time. Probably just aged myself. But where I'm going with that is I grew up very fast and I would say that, you know, entrepreneurship, my life, I taught myself how to be a woman at the age of 16 without crying. And because I knew that I didn't have anybody to go to. And so I carried into my adult years of thinking that that was a sign of weakness and that if I started to cry, that someone would take advantage of me 
or if, you know, I started to cry that I wasn't going to get my shit together, that, you know, I was weak and I was tough enough. And I had to have this like masculine energy to be in the type of environment I was in, which is a corporate environment or, you know, anywhere where I didn't feel safe, I was definitely not crying. So I want to talk a little bit about purging and crying like you mean it. And, you know, Ferris and I had been talking about this for months too. I mean, I've been thinking about it for years and now it's coming to fruition in the last few months. And so Michael, I want you to, I want you to talk about purging and why it's so important for us to, to be able to tap into our vulnerability and be able to express that. And how do we do that? Mm, yeah, thank you. No, I love that you shared so much about your younger self too, because um, I'm in a huge shift in that same realm with myself and seeking plant medicine and pulling up that younger self and embracing him and finding him, hugging him, telling him that I'm here, it's okay. Um, and letting him, if he wants to cry, he can cry and not holding that against my, my adult male self to allow him that because I've raised in a very similar situation as you, not probably as as hard as you went through for sure from knowing some of your story, but definitely my sister has brought a lot of awareness to, I, I went through a lot of what you went through and I didn't even know it, shoved it so far down. I blacked it out and I would just black out parts of my childhood. I mean, there's gaps between six and 12 years old. My sister would tell me that it's blacked out, gone, no recollection. And that's stuff that needs to come back out. That is stuff that needs to go get that little kid and bring him back out. And whether it's crying, screaming, yelling, hugging someone, whatever that is, it needs to be done. Um, so it's so cool that you had that episode about you know her calling on that inner child work. Um, but something I really love that you're using the words is purge. That is such a powerful word. Um, because obviously in, the, in a lot of the journey that I'm doing with plant medicine stuff and purging is such a beautiful word. It is such a beautiful experience. Um, it's, it's an evolution of the self when you purge. And, you know, I think a lot of people get caught up in, you know, we're talking about emotions, right? Don't show emotions. You're not strong. Purge means, oh my God, you're throwing up so disgusting. I don't ever want to do it. Um, makes me feel sick. Uh, makes me feel less than being strong. Right. But purging, yes, as you said, it is a release. It is a form of upbringing of pent up energy and expelling that it is appreciating as it's coming out. And purging is just something that needs to be retaught back into our adult self as something that is a positive connotation. It, we can see it in a positive light. Um, and so much of our world is built on what we internally think and the emotion state that we hold on to things with that dictate how we view things, right? How we go through them. And so much around crying and purging is so negative, right? We hold on to that. It's been taught to us. Don't do it. Ew, makes me feel gross, makes me feel less than. And it's like, how do we restructure that change? And so it's so amazing that you're approaching that bridge and bringing that to people because that's also what I want to do is like bring that enlightenment, that new style of our verbiage, our language, our avatar use of emotions and put it out there that people can embrace that stuff. Oh my goodness. See, you guys, we're <laughs> what? three minutes in and dropping some bombs. Love that. And, and you know, the thing is, is I, I organically started using that word purge because that's what it felt like, you know, every time. And it's the, the older I get, I feel like it's the wiser I get. And I, I'm sure that you guys can agree with that, uh, that the 20 somethings are like our biggest <laughs> learnings and fails. And then you go into your thirties and you become a little bit more wiser. And, and then you come into your forties and you're like, all right, 
you know, I, I've really started to get clear of, I mean, I'm not there yet. Nobody's there yet here, but we're, we're approaching that. So I feel like the thirties are your purge years where you're, you're almost in a sense of like ringing out, you're still ringing out everything that you had, you know, gone through and everything that we're, we're currently about to embrace. We need to purge the old in order to embrace the new. It's kind of like a plant to me. I see the tree of life in, in your background, you know, that brings up a lot for me. We'll get into that in a little bit, but you said a couple of things that you blacked out and I'm going to bring Ferris into this because when you black out those years, um, those are years, you know, time you'll never get back. That's one thing you will never, ever get back. And that's actually a big part of my high school years. I blacked out. Um, it was a very traumatic experience for me. Uh, I had left everything that I had ever known. Um, at that time, I was 13 years old. I had just met my dad at 11 years old. Mm -hmm. And so when my mom said I was moving with my dad, who I had only known a few weeks of my entire life because I visited him during the summers, that's when I blacked out from, I mean, I remember tidbits, but between the ages of 13 and 15 and a half, it's a big blur. Enter in Ferris. <laughs> I met Ferris during that time of my life. And, you know, I know that that was a big transition for you too, because you were also identifying yourself as who the heck you were. I mean, Ferris, you couldn't catch me dead trying to be this girl's friend because she was just <laughs> loud and proud and just talked a lot. <laughs> She's grown a lot and I'm just so honored to have her in my life. She's a huge puzzle piece to, to who I am. Sorry. Sorry. I apologize. That was Siri, <laughs> but she wants in on this podcast too. Just <laughs> we'll, we'll let her in later. But, uh, with Ferris, um, that was a big traumatic year of my life, little chunk of my life, well, years, I should say. And I want you to come in first and kind of talk about that time because that was also a traumatic time of your life. You had gone through a lot and, but your memory is a little bit more vivid going into your twenties. You were still kind of in that space. So I want you to kind of talk about a little bit about your story, how we met um, during that time of your life and how you transitioned. Well, thanks so much. Um, <laughs> it's crazy when you guys are, talking about it you have Michael that talks about inner child and then you have you Tiff talking about the whole purge thing and in the last year I did hypnotherapy work which mm -hmm. I never thought that I would do in my entire life and it was recommended to me by a really good friend of ours and um it's you know at that time you know Michael talks about you know from six to nine or six to eleven and then you talk about when you were a little girl and what you remember. And then when we met and in high school and I'm still loud, I'm so proud. I still talk so much. I will cut people yeah. off mid sentence and I'm really trying to get better at it. But I feel like my, my wheels are just churning and there's a huge part of me now. And I'll talk about now and kind of backtrack, but now it's almost like after I did the hypnotherapy and did all of that, it's almost like, it awakened me and now I'm fully awake and things are happening and things are happening for me. Things are happening to me and I can feel everything. I can see everything. And I really address things head on instead of, you know, carp, I guess, carpmentalizing the, the whole thing. <laughs> I don't know how to say it right. And it sounds so stupid. Um, no, but with Tiffany, <laughs> um, 
with Tiffany in those, in that time, I mean, I was going through some crazy stuff and it's, you know, it's crazy that Tiffany says like, oh, I just met my parents. Like me too. I had, I didn't have my parents for 10 years of my life and they had to basically earn their way back through the court system to get me back. So during those times, it's, I had to teach myself and I said it for a really, really long time. I remember telling people, cause they're like, oh, how do you know how to do this? And how do you do this? And it's like, I had to teach myself how to grow up. I had to teach myself manners. I had to teach myself how to conduct, you know, my presence in front of people. So back then it was really harsh. It was very harsh because I didn't have a direction. I didn't have, you know, anybody to tell me like, hey, you probably shouldn't say that to somebody and you probably shouldn't be that abrupt to somebody because it's going to affect them. But me being an Enneagram 8, I don't give a shit. I'm just going to go out there and I'm going to do it. But now, <laughs> and she's laughing because it's true. It's like, I, at that, at that time, I didn't give a shit. I was like, no, I don't care how you feel. But in turn, if someone were to point it back at me, mm. I was like, ah. like, why would they be so mean to me? And, <laughs> and that's kind of where the Tiffany thing came in. Cause it's like, Tiffany would be like, well, I don't know why you're acting like that or this and that. And I'm like, who are you? Like, no. And so that's kind of where it clashed. And I think both of us, and there's tons of people in school, I'm sure that went through it, um, is both of us, were just trying to survive. It's kind of that like fight or flight mode to where it's like, okay, well, I'll just figure it out, I guess. And, you know, for me, I know Tiffany was, she had some structure to where she was holding on to as little structure that she had because she knew that would get her where she needed to go. And for me, I was just like, let's just go. Let's just drink. Let's just smoke. Let's just party. Let's just sleep with whoever we want. And this is how I'm going to make. And I mean, it's true though. Like yeah. I remember, I was like, there. like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I remember going to people's parties and like, these people were way older than me and I didn't care. I was just like, I'm going to make my statement and I'm going to make my move. And I think a lot of that has to do with suppressing. And I don't remember my childhood at all until about, and I would say like fifth grade on. And then there's still some pieces, you know, going into middle school and things like that. And some people that I was friends with would be like, hey, do you remember this? And I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> um, no, but I don't remember small childhood memories. And it's my dad had said something to me and I and it may trigger some people. It may open your eyes to some people that are listening or watching. He said to me. I'm really sorry for everything that I put you through. He's like, but I will tell you. And he said this to me in my 20s. And it was before I had my daughter. And he said, I'm really nervous for you in your 30s. I said, what are you talking about? Like, what do you mean? And he goes, I'm really nervous. He was like, you have literally shoved everything down. He goes, and I'm afraid that when you hit your 30s, it's going to resurface and it's going to resurface in a way that you don't know how to handle it. Mm. And I, I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like 
I'm a gangster. I'm a G. I'm super strong. I can handle anything. Like <laughs> it's, I've gotten myself to this point. What makes yeah. you think that it's going to matter? And let me just tell you what, when I hit, here we go. Cry like you mean it. Yeah, um, bring it on. Go. When I was about 32, right before last year's birthday, because I'm going to be 34 this year, it hit me like a semi truck. Mm. And I was like, oh my gosh, what is this? Where is it coming from? Why is it happening? And my dad saying popped into my head. I was like, you son of a bitch. (laughs) Damn it. Like it's happening. So I've done a lot of work Mm. and, you know, a lot of the work started with UTIP when we became really, really close friends later on in life, which, you know, things all happen for Mm -hmm. reasons. And, um, it's uh, it's still something that I'm growing through, not going, but I'm growing through it mm-hmm. to handle it. And things still happen. I <laughs> I love TikTok. <laughs> I actually saw something last night and there's like therapists on there and all kinds of people on there. And she did this, like, put a finger down challenge. She was like, put a finger down if you just explode for no reason. And I was like, okay. <laughs> put a finger down if, you know, she said something. She had its whole list of things. And at the end, she was like, if you had most of your fingers down, she's like, you had childhood trauma. I was like, check. And I think that's where Cry Like You Mean It comes in because you have to let that stuff go. You have to feel it. I tell people all the time, friends, family, something happens to them or they're in a shitty situation. And I've told you, Tiff, many times, like, stay in there just for a little bit, feel it, go through it, but then get the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Like, go through the emotion of it, handle it, but don't stay there because I stayed there for so long that I thought that that's how I was always going to be until. A year or two ago, I thought that I was always going to be this angry person. I was always going to be just hiding the emotions down, holding everything in until I just freaking exploded. And you can't do that. You need to deal with things right then and there, whatever it may be, whatever feeling. Um, and before I pass the torch back, I had a situation that happened a couple weeks ago and there was a few people that didn't call my daughter on her birthday this year. Some really close people to me. And I called Tiffany and I was enraged. Mm-hmm. I was like, F this, F that. Ah, ah. And my husband was like, what do we do? He's like, do we need to watch something or like <laughs> meditate or like what? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Call Tiffany. <laughs> and I called Tiffany and I said, just hear me out. And I said everything I had to say. And as she was talking and as I was processing, I said, something is coming up for me Mm. subconsciously. I can't tell you exactly why, but something happened to me in this type of scenario Mm. to where I'm so enraged internally 
because of something subconsciously that I can't remember. And the fact that it's happening to my child, I, I was like, that's it. Something had to have happened that I haven't dealt with because I didn't know how to get to it, to reveal it. Want those type of things to happen to my daughter that happened to me. Mm. So that's what I got for you guys on, on, on that. <laughs> that was powerful, you know, and I'm, I'm definitely grateful that you shared that with everyone because there were so many key things that you had said. And when you say things are happening for you and to you, I just want to, you know, for the listeners out there, want to correct that verbiage a little bit. And the reason being is because when you say things are happening to you, you're still in a victim state mentality. Mm, yeah. So this is where I just get to put my little hat on <laughs> and just say, just to be careful with that verbiage, because if we're still looking at it that way, we're still going to be in that victim state mentality. So everything happens to us for us, right? So that way we can then turn it around to like what we're doing now, inspire the collective, right? Inspire the masses. Yes, yes. yes that's Michael's uh, baby, uh, inspire the collective, which he'll talk about later on. But uh I definitely want everyone that's listening to know that if you're hearing our stories and if we're hitting some heartstrings that yes, everything has happened for you. Okay. And I, I really want you to understand. And then it's up to us to turn it around and either be resilient or, you know, turn it around to help someone in need and turn it around to see where we can serve others from that space. Because through our, our darkness, there's always going to be light at the end of that tunnel. And mm -hmm. what I will tell you is that the people that have decided to go through the darkness and turn it around for your purpose and your truths and be able to show you that through that darkness, there is light. We promise you, if you can just step into that, when you see that things are happening for you and not to you. So I thank you for saying that because it is something that we get to catch ourselves on. It's like going to the gym, right? And fixing your posture. Uh, and it's the same thing with our mindset and our verbiage is we just want to be careful because it's so sensitive. We're going to continue to see that things are happening to us versus for us. So thank you so much, Ferris. And then, mm -hmm. you know, you, you, you did hit a lot of strings, you know, and I think that we had talked about it on a prior podcast where, you want to create a life for your children that they don't have to recover from. So going through these experiences, now we know why they happened for us, right? So one day when we have children and you do have a child that you, you went through that experience and you don't know when it happened, but you were so angry and it came up for you. And I'm glad that you, you called, you used your resources, right? You guys. And so I hope you understand that that's a very important tool as well as to know who your circle is and to know who you can call at the end of the day, because you do need that one, even, even if it's just one person, because as you get older, that circle gets smaller and smaller and smaller, they either drain you or they either empower you. Right? So those are the two differences. And Michael, you know, if you can step into this and really, I, I know that you possibly took a couple of notes. I mean, what was your takeaway from, from both stories and especially Ferris's? <clears throat> yeah, just everyone keeps bringing up points that obviously are striking, striking chords on me as well. And, it, you know, and I can share right now um, in, in correlation to something I just went through a few days ago in, in a video chat. Um, when we start to, and I can feel it, like I can feel my inner child shaking inside of me. And I never used to know what that was. I used to always just think it was just me being super nervous. And I had this deep chat with my sister the other day that I feel this energy when it comes to speaking my truth or kind of rehashing the past. And it starts vibrating and I have to sit inside, inside myself and be like, hey, it's okay. I am right here. We are good. 
Like there is no more harm there. Like it's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's an opportunity for myself in these moments to restructure the future forward. So I think Farrah, you had said something about how we act and it's like stored down in there, right? And we talked about this on our first episode, like all those traumas, all those events, all those past hurts, pains, feelings, angers, that is all sitting on a cellular level. It is sitting somewhere on inside of our tissue, just waiting to pop back out. And like you said, you're like, all of a sudden, and I'm sure an event happened in your life that it just hit you like a bag, sack of potatoes or a truck, right? It, it shook up that cellular structure and boom, it all released. And um, I can feel like it starts vibrating in me, like to where I'm shivering. And I know it's that inner me that's not used to speaking his truth, that's now being put on front street. No, we are learning, we're growing. And what we're doing is we're not reacting to situations anymore, right? Reacting is all based off a prior habit. It's from a prior experience or knowledge or event that we've went through. And and instead, in a moment, when these things happen, we can actually stop and we can re- act we can react in a new way to resell restructure the formula in the cell tissue to respond better in the future right we're in the moment when things happen that we can not react but we can react in a moment to reset up that cellular structure to move better in the, in the future and um that's all healing right like what you're doing farah is healing your healing yourself now that allows a genetic code to move forward through your kids whether they know it or not you're healing that genetic code that's linear it's not linear like you said nothing is linear like this our life is cyclical from birth to death to rebirth that is the circle of life nothing is linear and and how things come back into our life like you said they're always going to come back something i've been trying to share people too with people about is this this virus that's going on it's real it's killing people it is the real deal it's not fake i've had it you know like it's not fake but if you look back it happened 100 years ago right it came back a hundred years later and is like, here it is humanity. How are you going to go through it? Are you going to handle it with courage and with positivity and with love, or are you going to destroy yourselves again? And so life is always going to happen, whether it's partners in our lives or events that happen or jobs or whatever, like your child might come around and be like, bring something in your life in her teenage years and be like, oh my God, I used to do that. Right. How are you going to restructure to move forward? Um, But there's so many, so many great things you're talking about. something you had said, Tiffany, earlier that connected me real quick that I just want to touch on real fast before we move forward is the sense of purging, right? Um, how do we connect these neg- negative connotations to a positive sense that we can move forward with the world? We can restructure a definition for ourselves. And so one thing that I like with failure is that, yes, most successful people say you must fail to find su- success. Um, a lot of people are afraid of failure. So I like start using the word experiment for me because scientists use the word experiment they never see failure. They always get an end result. That result allows them to go back, restructure, and go forward again to find the success that they want. So purge. When we think about purging, there's so much stuff about purging our clothes, purging our items, downgrading, getting, getting rid of things that we no longer need. That is a purge. We all say that type of purge, and we say it in a positive sense. That's what this stuff is. It's coming out, getting rid of it, cleaning up space for new, more abundance, more positivity, more love. That's all that is, is moving that purge up and out, cleaning up space for the universe to act for us so that 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 was like a great thing that just clicked for me it's like purge can be great see it as such yeah uh so good all right for those of you who are listening and you're like what in the f balls how do i <laughs> how do i purge how do i ta- like okay remember 
I don't know how to tap into my emotions. I don't know how to do this purge that you guys are talking about. <laughs> so Michael, what are some things that, cause for me, I mean, when I purge now, um, I take a drive, I'll go for a drive. Cause you know, I live in Las Vegas, so it's, I could go for a hike, but I mean, it's kind of cold right now. Sometimes I just need to go to drive and be in silence and I'm looking at the mountains and then all of a sudden, you know, I'm thinking about what had just happened or something has to happen for me, or it's a collective of me pushing things down. And, you know, it's like a pressure pipe, right? The more you keep adding pressure to the pipe, it's going to explode. And you don't know how that's going to explode. And for me, just with my Enneagram, I'm kind of a little, I, I don't know, I'm like a one and a three dominant, but then also a nine and an eight, um, which for me to even be able to tap into that is very challenging. Now, I feel everything. Now I feel everything before I did it. I just, I was so numb to feeling. So now when I, when I feel this, like my, my coping mechanism is anger. And that's why I love martial arts because I can let it out. Well, because of COVID this last year, I haven't been really able to train. And what I've noticed is that I feel this rise in my chest of anger when something happens. And, or if something isn't happening, or if there's a collective of reoccurring events that I'm just really getting frustrated with, where I had failed 10 times and every new approach that I'm doing isn't working. And then it gets to that point, whether it's in relationship, whether it's in business, whatever it is, it's, it's all walks of everything in life. I, I, when I start to feel that now, I just need to give myself like space and time and go handle it. And so my, my big recent purge was September around September. And this was when I, I was like, you know, Ferris, we need to do a podcast and cry like you mean it. Cause I had the best cry and, and I went on that drive and I called my people, you know, and it was my, my top three people. Um, and you know, Ferris was one of them. And I just said, I don't know what the fuck's going on right now, but nothing's working and I just need to cry. Just shut up, listen to me cry. And I just cried. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Am I, you know, I've been working so hard for years. And I kid you not, every time I do that, <laughs> the biggest breakthrough comes through. <laughs> and everything starts working in my favor and for me, right? So everything, it's, you know, I, I saw this graph just a few days ago and it was like my plan and then there's God's plan or your higher source, whatever you believe in. I believe in God. Uh, and it was me just on my bike, ready to go to the finish line. But then God's plan was like, nope, I'm going to throw you in the, you know, the trenches. We're going to come out and you're going to be smooth sailing and then you're going to be in a storm and then you're going to come back up and then we're going to keep going. And I, I re that really hit my heart because I was like, man, yes, that's life to its fullest is learn how to weather the storm. Okay. Because at the end of the storm, how beautiful is it afterwards? And I, I every time I have that breakdown, I, I just have chills. I chills bring me to me when chills are coming. That means that we're in, you know, something is coming on the other end, that breakthrough is coming. And that for me was everything, uh, having that massive breakdown since then, you know, we've been, we've been doing amazing. However, just like God loves to, to challenge you or your higher source loves to challenge you. And it's not always going to be smooth sailing. It's when is the next storm? 
right? In order to break through that, how tough are you going to be this next time? Are you going to allow yourself to go through it because it's going to be happening for you? And if you start looking at this as it's happening to me, you're going to be stuck, stuck back to where you were. So those, those are big things that for me, my, my personal little hack, I mean, it's so simple that we forget to even do it. It's just give yourself space. And if you have children, you've got, you've, you've got to find time, wake up 30 minutes earlier, you know, do something to where you need to reflect. Uh, guided meditations are great for five minutes. Um, there's a ton of apps out there that where you can go into guided meditations. I know it sounds, you know, cliche, but it works. Not cliche, but when no, it's great, use them. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. It's people will use that verbiage and they're already putting it in, you know, shame mm -hmm. me for even bringing that up. But it is true. People go there and they're like, oh, it's just meditation. That's fluffy. Yeah. No, <laughs> it gives your time self to pause and allow, because again, our brain has over 11 million bits and particles of things going through it. And we need to like center ourselves before the world comes at us.